Hello and welcome back to the Villa Filler podcast. It is, of course, your late night filler tonight as Aston Villa have travelled up to St James's Park and unfortunately it is Newcastle United 1, Aston Villa 1. And as always, I'm joined with my good friend Dan Wiseman. Dan, how are you doing, mate? I'm good, mate. I'm good. Wow. Bloody hell. Um, as I tweeted off the be. account, this, uh, this football club is going to be a death of me, mate. I have no idea how... Um, how to sum that up, man? Like it's it's been a while since I've sort of felt like this because of how good we've been defensively and stuff like that. But yeah, seeing that going right at the death, especially after feeling the elation of, of nicking it, that is uh, that is a tough pill to swallow, man. How you doing? I mean, I would have been better if we could have seen that one out, mate. I, as, I think the frustrating thing is. I feel like I've been robbed of 90 minutes of my life. That's 90 minutes that I'm not <laughs> yes. going to get back because it wasn't great. If Phil, you know, Phil win, then you think, okay, you know, that's decent. That's going to prove to be a very important point for Newcastle come the end of the season. That was a, a very important goal. But of course, we'll get onto that later. But Dan, before we go into the stats and, and, and everything like we, that we like to do on this podcast, the eye test... It was dreadful. It was. It, it, watching that game, it was incredibly hard to watch. And I can't imagine there would be many people uh, outside the realms of a Birmingham or Newcastle postcode that were really taking interest in this in this game tonight. For one, it was on BT Sport, which instantly puts a lot of people off for either not having it or just not paying for it. Because, you know, why would you when the, the, the coverage is, is what it is? That's completely fair. Um and I just can't, you know, that that was not a game for the neutrals, man. Certainly not. I mean, the last eight minutes, maybe you could you could maybe make an argument for. And I think ultimately, it again comes down to Dan, a flat midfield that mm-hmm. Villa really failed to to take advantage of this Newcastle side who who played very narrow and actually turned out to be somewhat, dare I say it, Dan, a masterstroke from Steve Bruce going for a, opting for a four four two diamond to uh, really exploit Villa's lackluster flat whatever you want to call uh that midfield performance and i don't think necessarily you know we've been big advocates of 4-2-3-1 down on this podcast for, for the longest time i don't think today was a day you play 4-2-3-1 because you're coming up against statistically one of the worst teams in the division you have to attack the team but to, to, to go uh and as i say to you know without <laughs> meaning to, to repeat the word again but have such a flat and sort of lifeless midfield the, there wasn't really much action from them in the first half that kind of came to life a little bit towards the end of the game. Um, I just think Villa, and I said this to you off air, Dan, I think we're we're three or four maybe midfielders away from having a decent enough rotation uh, in the club just in general. I think, you know, you're, you're without Jack Grealish and I think we, uh, we tried to kid ourselves really after that Leeds game that we weren't really a one-man team, but I think we've seen in subsequent games, Dan, that we really do miss Jack. And, and it's funny because it shows... Uh, you know, 49% of Villa's attacks actually came from that left-hand side still. So, that you know, they're still opting to to go through the, the Jack Grealish, uh, you know, where, where he plays. We're still trying to play that way, which is, uh, I think, it, I don't necessarily think it's a bad thing because, you know, it, it, it clearly works with Jack. Um, but when you don't quite have the personnel to do that, and Villa were buoyed early on, um, with the, the you know the injury of of, of tra- uh, Traore, which wasn't great, that had to change things up. That instantly changes the game very early on for Villa. But I think you know nearly half of our attacks coming down that left hand side. Dan, sometimes you just got to change it up. 
Yeah, look, that that's the thing. And the fact that still the majority of those attacks are going down the left-hand side says a lot that Villa still, even not knowing he's there, is still drawn to it, towards that left-hand side. And it was when I was doing the preview for the uh, the game, game preview I did last, it was 56% of our attacks in away games this season have gone down the left-hand side. And even without Jack there, the fact that we still lean towards going down that side of the pitch and still can't draw away apart our, our attachment and the just the routine that we've been sucked into in terms of attacking down that particular flank says a lot and I think whilst you know I don't I don't think it's too much of a slight to say that we've built this team around Jack Grealish because we needed to do we that wouldn't. exactly exactly you know I think it's only natural that we suffer without him in the side it doesn't come up as a particular shock to me I'm not at all surprised to see that we struggle like we do without him in in the side because he is and has been been for a long long time our creative force but what I am disappointed with is the fact that in his absence it has been a cataclysmic drop-off like there hasn't even been anyone come close to filling that role and I think that's what's disappointing me most is that look you know a lot of people are saying I expected other Villa players to step up you know we need to fill Jack's boots I don't really expect that I know that we don't have a player that's as talented as Jack Grealish I'm not expecting John McGinn to start slaloming past two or three men and laying on assists and goals left right and centre and you know creating the amount of chances and winning amount of fouls that Jack does I'm aware that no one in this squad can do that but it's the fact that and I think that some of this falls on the coaching staff as well. The fact that within the squad yeah. and within the, you know, the reasonable talent that we do have now, we haven't even managed to find someone who could, or a collective unit is perhaps the better way to look at it, that can come close to producing the kind of numbers and the, the positivity in offensive situations that Jack can. Um, it was, you know, ultimately... I, I think the midfield was poor. I, I don't think, you know, I almost feel sorry for JJ because I, I really don't think this is the kind of situation or the Villa team that we need to be embedding him in. Um, you know, it's, it's yeah. you know, I, I sort of felt a bit felt a bit sorry for the lad going out there at the moment because it's so difficult to create and, and link play like he does when there's so little going on around you. Um, but ultimately, you're right, mate. The fact that we haven't been able to switch it up and the fact that we haven't been able to, to find that without Jack... Is 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 really disappointing, but you know this is this is a hoodoo fixture for Villa, isn't it? Like you know, we, we were saying that the last it time really Villa is. won was that uh, sort of Kieran Dyer Lee Bowyer incident, and then in that game they had eight men. So does it really count as a win if you beat eight men? Nah. I mean, uh, can you really accept three points? I feel like you don't only deserve a point for that, really. Do if you, if you come if you win against eight men? Um, but yeah, that that you know, Newcastle are unbeaten now in eleven home games and no, twelve now after that game, twelve home games in the Premier League in that fixture since Villa last beat Newcastle. So I don't know what it is about that stadium. I don't know what it is without this team, without Jack Grealish, but they don't inspire good things for Villa either way. Yeah, and I think I think the selection problems, um, there's a serious depth issue in this squad. And I think that's highlighted by the fact that Ramsey's starting. Uh, we're big fans of JJ on this channel, so don't at all get this twisted. But you can't help but feel that, I think that... <laughs> He's not quite at a stage where he's actually making impacts in games in terms of goal contributions, goals or assists, uh, which, of course, is a lot to ask a 19-come-20-year-old lad. Uh, but, you know, he's in the team. Uh, I'm enjoying seeing him play. I really am. I think it, it was tough for him today. I think he'll learn a lot from today. But, Dan, I feel like Villa were a much more fluid team. I think fluid's the word I want to use when Morgan Sanson came on. 
uh, and he he finds these passes in between the lines and he occupies space. He just kind of drifts about the pitch and there's a, there's a lot to like. And again, in the last game against Wolves, I felt like we were a better side for having Morgan in the team. Uh, I, I understand why Dean's picked JJ. I think, you know, he, he has earned the shirt in, in some aspects and it's great to see him rewards the academy lad who's clearly got a very bright future at the club. Let me, you know, preface that he's, he's going to be around for a long time. Uh, so I, I'm by no means uh, frustrated that we saw JJ. I just, I feel like we were, we were a Sanson away from starting from really attacking that game and in, in a different manner early on, because Dan to, to start Villa had a lot of possession. Yeah. We, we gave away the, the odd counter attack. Uh, Joe Linton certainly got the better of Mings throughout the whole game. Um, but we we forced Newcastle to really regress deep, and with how mm. narrow they were defending, I think it actually really favoured how we played. I think you have to be cautious of a four four two diamond on the counter attack, especially as we say, if you've got such a flat midfield, if, if you're going to constantly give the ball away. But for about fifteen or twenty minutes at the start of the game, Dan, I felt Villa didn't quite. Uh, capitalise on how narrow Newcastle were defeating. Now, that could be down to the fact we didn't really have Matty Cash. Elmo was getting himself up the pitch a fair bit. That is something that genuinely has my heart in my mouth uh, all the time. It, it, it's not it's not something I really want to see, just worrying on the on the sort of recovery aspect. But, you know, of course, I don't think Cash was would have been ready. It was good that he's in the squad, but throwing him in for this, it would have been a lot to ask. But I, as I said, I, I can't help but feel like if we had Cash... If Morgan had have started, maybe you can you can create a few more chances or a few better chances earlier on in the game, and then of course, as as, as we kind of touched on earlier, Dan, the minute Traore comes off, Villa looked jaded. They really did, and you know Traore himself didn't really have that much impact on the game. But kind of bringing on El Ghazi, turns out he was out of the team the other week because of an ingrown toenail, a toe infection, which is got to be one of the most infuriating but also incredibly painful injuries going. Uh, it's, it's one that a lot manager of injury that is. It proper really is. manager injury. <laughs> yeah, that's one that you think, oh, we can play it, but he's going to have been in absolute agony. Mm. So, uh, you know, glad you recovered for, for today, Amor, because clearly we needed you. Um, I just, but again, I think I think the point I'm, I'm, I'm coming down to, Dan, is a, ultimately boils down to options and Villa don't really have that many and I feel like you know you maybe shoot yourself in the foot starting a Ramsey in this kind of game because I feel like a midfielder like Ramsey who who he likes to pick the ball up deep a lot similar to Jack but is is a player who I actually see operating between the lines very well when things are going well yep. and uh, linking up well with with the forwards uh, wingers Ollie and that's where he's at his best against a low yeah. block who put 10 men behind the ball. JJ has got no chance of unlocking that defense, Dan. I, I, again, I feel like I think someone in the comments um, pulled you up on a comment that you made, Dan, about the Sheffield United game where you felt like that wasn't the game to play Ramsey in. But again, you know, you're coming up against the team who all they're going to do is defend in a much more open game, which albeit you'll more often than not come up against better opposition, better quality of players, where JJ's afforded a bit more space and has the opportunity, as I say, to breach them lines, dribble with the ball and not run into six defenders just facing him. And they're a big, they're a big unit, these Newcastle lads. They really are. Um, yep. I think you do have to pick the games that Ramsey plays wisely. And as I say, Sanson, for me, really wanted to see him start. And... Uh, 
mm-hmm. I feel like it could have been a very different game, Dan. Yeah, for sure, mate. You know, like, let me just... The point that you're making there exactly, mate, and the point that I made after the Sheffield United game, let me run you through JJ's match ratings from the last five games he's played. So you've got tonight, he put in a 6.4. Uh, this is on who scored, by the way. 6.4 at Wolves, it was a 6. Sheffield United was a 6.0. Against Leeds, who are a very free-flowing free attacking side that create the situations that you're just talking about, mate, they have the space in between to operate in. He puts in a 6.94. So Games, the best performance on his playing style. I don't think he's playing in a flat three at all. And that's what I was saying. And when I'm sympathizing with him, is because I think he's just thrust out there in a sort of, I'm not going to say a desperate attempt, because I don't think this anything about this Villa team is desperate at the moment. We're not at that stage, but just in, in a real hope to try and inspire some creativity. Um, you know, we, we've put him out there, and I, I don't think in a flat three it works really. I don't really think too many of our midfielders in a flat three work, actually. I'm not really sure on the, the four, three, three, and with the players that we have how that front three links with the mid... But, you know, we could run a whole podcast on the, the tactics of that midfield and why I don't think logistically those two, yeah. that front three and then the midfield three link up particularly well. I think you need an ability when you have a midfield three like McGinn, Louise and Ramsey, a player that is very comfortable in, in dropping deep. And, you know, say if we had someone like Jack Grealish who could drop in deep off the wing and be the physical connection between that wing would be perfect. But, you know, we don't have that luxury. Um, I... You're right in saying that Ramsey, I don't think, was the right start tonight. But, you know, in fairness, I thought Sanson came on and, and played all right. I thought Barkley was... I, I don't think um, it was the worst. I've seen a lot of Villa fans giving Barkley stick. I feel like he's becoming a bit of a scapegoat. I know it wasn't his best. I, th- I thought he did okay, really. But the Into life after I, the goal. Yeah, yeah, he, he did. Too, I, little I, too I, late, I thought, though. I, I thought, yeah. I thought he did okay. Um, you know, I, I thought... Um, the one thing that irks me most, mate, is that when you don't have Jack, in my opinion, it just comes down to doing the basics well. When you know you don't have that flamboyance and that exuberance and that just a little bit extra to be a side like Newcastle, I think all you need to do is do the fundamentals. And what annoyed me most tonight is the amount of times the Villa were dispossessed. It drove me crazy. Um, you know, yeah. we were just dispossessed. So this doesn't include interceptions. This is just being dispossessed 18 times today to Newcastle's 10. Ali Watkins dispossessed five times. John McGinn dispossessed four times. Elmo twice. It's like we we really struggled to even, even hold on to the ball today. And, and that, you know, that, that makes for a slightly concerning reason, especially when you look at the games we've got coming up, which are tough. And, you know, I don't know how long we've, got without Jack it's so hard to tell you never know this club was so ambiguous with the injuries aren't we you you never really know when you look ahead to Spurs next weekend um, that you know that they're a side that are really starting to find their feet again and and I have to be honest if we don't have Jack then that that does worry me mate it does because you need someone to carry the ball forward and you need someone who's going to be a goal for it and to go back to the point of Sanson Dan uh over the past year, exactly to this day, or probably the day before, I, I doubt that FB Ref will have updated their statistics immediately to include Sanson's performance tonight. But he is within the top 17 percentile of midfielders that have uh, a, a, a very high non-penalty goal XG per 90. 
he mm-hmm. that you know seven he's within the top 17% of midfielders who are likely to score a goal and that's not including xg so for me that's really important again you've got to look as well at, at progressive carries now again here he, he's averaging 5.02 per 90 which is really important because villa need someone to carry that ball drag them up the yep. pitch especially on a night like tonight and again here dan he is within the top 27 percentile of midfielders over the past 365 days for progressive ball carries. That's really impressive. And we've not really seen that. We need the shackles to be let off, Morgan. And uh, and, and I think, you know, I, I also think you can you can probably afford to play him as well with Jacob. Uh, you know, looking at, yep. at, at Ramsey, what's really impressive to me is he's got a pass completion percentage this season of 85%. That's incredibly high nice. for a twenty-year-old. That's that, nice. that is impressive. That's really 100%. impressive, um, and you know, even more so is that his long passing percent completion rate is eighty-five point seven. So he can he can play them riskier balls. We've seen him fizz the ball to Traore in that Bristol City game, which feels like an eternity ago when he scored that goal. Ninety-three point eight percent pass completion rate for for medium passes. Eighty-five percent for short. Really impressive. I think it is just about options, and and Villa really do need to explore that. And uh, but back to the game, Dan. There were there were moments throughout the, this what felt like again an eternity of a game. Uh, there was a few heart and mouth moments. Matt Target heading the ball back to Emmy Martinez. I was almost certain we were getting minus points for Martinez on FPL. There, it, it seemed impossible for him to catch. It looked like it was destined for the top corner. Um, thankfully, our man in between the sticks managed to, to to keep that one out. It's a shame he didn't get to keep his clean sheet, as of course Manchester City conceded against Southampton the other day in in an exhilarating game. Uh, a clean mm-hmm. sheet today would have put Emmy and Edison level, which would have been massive in the race Huge. for the Golden Glove. And we spoke about this, uh, I think, on every single podcast because. Uh, in recent games, Justin, Emmy has been the only, only thing to talk about. Yeah. Exactly. Yes. It's, it's the only thing to talk about. But Dan, looking at the stats for this game, right, you're going to be absolutely blown away when I tell you that Villa had 16 attempts, 12 of which came from open play. My God. Really? We, uh, like, are we watching a different game? Who scored? Like, we had 16 shots wow. with a 6% conversion rate, which, again, does worry me. And... As as we kind of as we kind of said earlier, Dan, what what's worrying is that reliance down the left hand side. But as well, where there's been bad, there's there's been there's been good today. There really has. I think two men who you can really point out and say you had an absolutely fantastic performance are, of course, our Brazilian diamond at the base of the midfield, Douglas Luiz, um, and Ezri Concha, yep. who was who was fantastic. Douglas Luiz made three tackles today. He was everywhere. He he won so many interceptions. Uh, same with Concer. He was colossus. Where Mings didn't necessarily have his best game. No agenda. Um, but no, Dolinton really did. You know, he 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 rolled him a fair few times. And I see I see a lot of people actually tweeting a fair amount of disrespect on Joe Linton. Now listen, three goals in sixty games cost him forty million. You have to perform better. Don't get me wrong. There is a player in Joel Linton, and I will die on that hill, just as I will die 100%. on the hill, Dan. That West, there's a player in Wesley. They are the same yeah, player. Hundred percent. Joel Linton's just somewhat quicker. It's there's definitely there's there's a striker in there. There's someone who can score goals, and I think what 
really benefited Newcastle today was having that level of unpredictability because with Joe Linton, you don't actually really know what you're going to get. And there aren't that many big, robust centre forwards who like to run the channels as much as Joe Linton did today. And Tolly had a really difficult evening. And I don't think we can blame him because, as I say, many people have written off Joe Linton. You wouldn't have necessarily thought that he would have steamrolled him as he did tonight. Maybe that's a bit of a wake-up call for Ty Dan. But um, talk to me about Concer and Louise, mate, because, again... They were wonderful. Man, we really, we really need to get Concert down, tied down to a new contract. Oh, for sure, mate. For sure. No, he's he's been absolutely brilliant this season, hasn't he? Um, and and the today was an example. Like, you know, we we you and I always stick up for Mings on this podcast. You know, uh, when a lot of Villa fans don't, we feel often a, a lot, you know, a lot of Villa fans are, are quite harsh on him and and really I feel like his mistakes get blown up way more than um, anyone else's inability really I feel like you know people almost search for Tyrone's making this but but this season he's just been amazing uh, and he leads the Premier League in shots blocked for a sense back and this is the one aspect of Ezri's game which I think I perhaps rate the most and it's a bit old school and it's a bit outdated but his ability and his drive to just throw himself in front of a shot at any given opportunity to present where it is on the pitch you know, he's made 21 blocks in the Premier League this season, which is three more than second place Liam Cooper. Interestingly, though, Tyrone is in third with 17. Um, so whilst, you know, I feel like this is one of those stats where, mate, you know, like when you see um, Villa fans like comparing Tyrone Mings to like Virgil van Dijk, and it's like, look, he made more blocks and more clearances. I'm like, yeah. that's not a good stat. You don't want your sense of X to be having to do those things because that means they're facing loads of attacks. And it's like, um, absolutely, it's... It's, you know, it's, it's one of those where, you know, it's like with Emmy. Emmy has made, I think, the second most saves of any goalkeeper in the Premier League. And whilst that's something definitely to applaud, that's also a great cause for concern because you don't want your goalkeepers having to make the second most amount of saves in the Premier League when you're sat ninth in the table. Um, yeah. And so, Ezri Kanter, we see so much of what he does and we see has so much of what he's good at because we ask him to do so much. And, you know, whilst the the team leaves him exposed, tonight Tyrone did as well. You know, it was really, Esri was hung out to dry by a lot of, especially as I was talking about the amount of times that we were dispossessed. We asked Esri to do so, so much tonight. Um, and he, he stands up to it every time. And I, I really can't credit that enough. He's been absolutely exceptional so many times this season. I feel like a broken record at this point. He absolutely needs to be on that, I say, on the plane to the Euros. Um, depends if there is a plane. On the Maybe bus. On the coach. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say on the coach. He's on the coach to the Euros um, for me every time because what he does this season, what he gives to the team um, and how he goes about his business. You know, we all know Ty's a very exuberant personality. He's very philanthropical and, and He's such a brilliant person off the pitch. But Ezri isn't like that. Ezri's very quiet. He keeps himself to himself. He could easily be very boisterous and, and rightly so. He could very easily, you know, really put himself about off the pitch given how well he's performing. But he keeps himself to himself, keeps his head down, just seems so driven on his game. And, and that really shows in his performances as well. Um, yeah, I, I thought he was exceptional tonight. And it's so disappointing that we couldn't keep that clean sheet because that would have been his tonight. There was a turning point, though, Dan, after the goal. Villa had probably about three opportunities before Newcastle scored again. Three very good opportunities. Uh, two amazing saves from, from Martin Dubravka to keep uh, to keep the deficit down just to one for, for Newcastle. But, you know, to highlight Mings, there was a very important block that he made, which actually saw Villa enter a three-on-two scenario with El Ghazi, Russ and Watkins. 
which Villa should have done so much better on. And um, I believe Ross Ross gave the ball to Amwine and forced a, a wonderful save again from Dubravka. And I feel like, Dan, you know, going back to the point, 16 chances, this really is, this isn't, this is two points lost. This isn't a point gained. Of course, mm-hmm. we, we we lost all three, essentially, when, when they scored anyway. But I feel like there aren't too many positives you can take out of the, the performance overall, other than the fact we didn't lose. But it really did feel like, that felt like a kick in the balls, man. That that wasn't good um, at all for me. It was... It, You've got to you've got to kind of look. I feel like, um, and I don't have the stats with me, so I will try and find it. But Villa are performing just about right in terms of their XG throughout the whole season, in terms of goals, expected goals they should have scored up mm. till this point, which is really good. Um, but on nights like tonight, Dan, and I know you're going to actually, we're going to do a little bit of role play here. You're going to give me the XG, which is yes, a podcast forward. first, I think, <laughs> yes. uh, maybe second. Um, I feel like Villa later on in the game they have to take they have to take their chances better, you know. And this is one of the only other times as well, Dan, where we've actually gone ahead and conceded and 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 yeah and given up. That's the second time this has happened. Thankfully, we didn't lose, um, but that would have added a, a very nice, you know, a little one a one nil win there. That's thirteen wins, keeping a clean sheet. That's well, that's it, massive. If it happens. It adds- it adds to that concerning statistic of Villa, you know, when we concede, we struggle to win games. And I know this one is, is slightly different because there was hardly an opportunity after we conceded to go and win the game. But, it, you know, it will, it will contribute and add to that statistic. But in terms of the XG tonight, mate, uh, we clocked in at 0.85 um, and Newcastle at 1.23, uh, which is probably testament to the fact that he they hit the bar as well, didn't they? Um, not long before yeah. we scored. Um, and so you know they, they had a few good chances, uh, and so yeah. But there, there wasn't a great deal about 0.4 of an xG between the two teams tonight. I felt you know again it, it just feels like a point last time. It's really disappointing. Um, I just got a live update from Cal Richardson. He said your tweets were brilliant tonight, Dan. Um, he must have. I mean, he must have paid you to make that to, to quote his tweet earlier. But um, yes, <laughs> it, it was it was a great tweet. It was a great tweet, Cal. But here we are, Dan. We've got, a, we've got a decent amount of time now until our next game against Tottenham. And uh, at home, it's going to be very tough. After that, we have an international break, I believe, which, um, boy, I didn't think I didn't think I wanted one of them, but I feel like Villa could really benefit. Saying that, though, with Jack Grealish yet to return, is he going to go away with England? I hope not. Is Ezri mm-hmm. going to get his call up? I really hope so. There's so many little factors that are... Um, that are you know, going to come into play and we've got a very difficult run of games, Dan, at the end of the season. After Tottenham, we're looking at playing Fulham, then Liverpool, Manchester City. We've got West Brom, Everton, Manchester United, Palace, Tottenham again and Chelsea. That's a really tough run in and listen, Villa is safe. That's all that matters. Again, just to temper your expectations, hopefully temper the media's expectations, Villa aren't making it to Europe this year. I feel like I feel like everyone else is, uh, you know, we're the architects of our own downfall, Dan. We we had such an incredible start to the season, whereby we're now being held at this gold standard every single week. And I feel like a lot of people who, you know, you have conversations with who aren't necessarily Villa fans. You see the pundits, the commentators mentioned it today on on the game have uh, have you know a hold Villa in a very high esteem this season, which is, of course, an the ultimate compliment. That's you don't want to, you don't want someone to come up to you and tell you your team's playing crap. Uh, even if it's true. 
but I can't help but feel like these people may not have actually watched Villa at all for the past 10 games because it's been a bit of a difficult period for Villa, Dan. And uh, listen, I will cover the Tottenham game in under 150 seconds or maybe under under five minutes. You guys let us know. Uh, We are always taking feedback on board. You guys say you prefer the longer content, which is great. Dan and I don't always have the time to sit here for 20, 30, 40 minutes and do a podcast, which is why we thought we'd introduce these previews. Uh, so mm-hmm. let us know if you would prefer the previews to be five things in five minutes, because then we can still go into a bit more detail. It's a bit longer, but we can still kind of fit around our busy schedules. If you just let us know what you think about that in the comments, we'd really appreciate it. Uh, we're trying to cater to all audiences because there are some people who don't get the chance to listen to a full podcast. There are some people who do prefer a full podcast. So if we can try and strike that balance of uh, yeah. short content with the long form podcasts, ultimately, that's what we want. We want to please you guys. And we're so close, Dan. We're so incredibly close to 4,000 subscribers. Oh, we're 20 off. Please, we're 20 guys. off, right? And I can yep. tell you right now, for 55% of you guys who are watching this, you're not subscribed. And I know you're not because I'm looking at the statistic right now. So if you enjoyed what you heard, what you saw, we'd really appreciate it if you subscribed. We're going to do a home shirt giveaway when we hit 4,000 subscribers. That's going to happen. Sure. 100%. For sure. It's happening. All you guys have got to do is subscribe. Get your nan. Get, that button. get, your, get your granddad. Get your dad. Get your uncle. Whoever. Get your cousin. Get your neighbor. Make get a burner account. You can have two entries if you make a burner account. <laughs> I mean, YouTube, you didn't hear us say that. <laughs> but here we are. If you guys could really help us on this last push. We felt that the past few podcasts... I feel like you guys maybe haven't been as interested, which is totally fair, but I haven't been great. But as always, Dan and I, we're always here to give you your Villa Filler. That's why we call it the Villa Filler. Not all Villa, no filler. There's another podcast, which is called that, I think. I've not had the chance to listen to it yet. There's no slander. Um, But, you know, this is filler, but it's not bad filler. This is good filler. Um, So, yeah, we'll go into that Tottenham game in a bit more detail. They've got a load of games coming up as well. So that's going to be quite a hard one to... To, to, to kind of cover but listen we're with you every step of the way now we're, we're in this home stretch if we can just enjoy the rest of the season guys hopefully we can see a few more wins that would be nice of course tonight was uh, an opportunity missed but alas we are not making the European football spots if we can build on for next season and end the season on a high that's all I want that's all Dan wants mm-hmm. I think that's what you guys want as well just for Villa to make a good account of themselves don't mug themselves off. Keep players injury-free. And then we've got a really exciting summer coming up with a lockdown being lifted. And the Euros in England. There's plenty of things to look forward to, Dan. Touchwood, absolutely. So, as I say, if you guys enjoyed this podcast, hit the like button. Comment your thoughts below. Let us know your man of the match. I know it's difficult. It was a draw. It was a shit game. It was horrible. It was terrible. It really was. There's no denying it. But let us know who you, your star performer was in the comments below. If you haven't already, please subscribe. As I say, 20 subscribers. That's all we need, Dan. We can get we can get twenty can before it, guys. we can get twenty can before the next game, guys. I, and and when we do, there will be a home shirt giveaway. So like, comment, subscribe, and up the villa.